Hello, I'm Kenya, and welcome to my Magical Cottage Core Life. Today, we're going to talk about a secret plant. The reason I'm calling it a secret plant is because it's one of those plants that gardeners may know about, but not all gardeners. It's an older plant that doesn't get a lot of mention. You won't see it in many nurseries. You probably won't see it in the casual herb garden because it's one of those plants that seems to have been forgotten by and large. Now, the funny part is, is that this plant is ancient. There was a an author, um, I, he was an herbalist, named John Gerard that actually wrote about this plant in 1597. That's what I mean by this is an ancient plant. So, we're going to talk about it. So get out your big book of stuff, because today we're going to talk about the super secret plant called basil thyme. That's right, basil thyme. It's its own plant. Let's get started. Now, basil thyme is a member of the mint family. So, as we know, mint family plants have squarish stems. So, the first thing you want to know is that if you think you have this plant and it doesn't have a squarish stem, you know it's not the right plant. Not at all. It's Calamenta nepeta. But what you want to call it usually is basil thyme. Well, the reason I gave you the Latin name is, as we know, common names or vernacular names can describe more than one plant. And in this case, many people use the phrase basil thyme to describe a completely different plant. That's why you need to know. Other people call this lesser basil thyme. And still others call it calamint. Not catmint, calamint or mountain mint. So that's the first thing we want to do is make sure we know what plant we're talking about. The next thing you want to know is that this plant is everywhere. And I do mean everywhere on this side, the eastern side of the United States as long as it's a little bit from I think it's yeah from about Maryland down it's probably spread even more and it's definitely in the Kentucky mountain region so to my sister-in-law down there in Kentucky grab yourself some of this it's really good that is if you're listening hi Jen okay <laughs> I just threw that out there all right so one of the things that is great about this particular plant is that not only is it a really cool looking plant, it's very pretty with those beautiful flowers. And I do mean beautiful. Um, the other thing about that is that it's good for medical uses. You ever hear the phrase, uh, when you have a fever, you want to burn out the fever? This is the plant for you. Although remember, I am not a certified herbalist, nor am I a doctor, nor am I a naturopath. I'm simply a student of nature. 
And I say this to make sure you don't run around taking my word for anything and just shoving things into your mouth. We've talked about that. I'm a mom. I have a real, really, really intense dislike of people just shoving things into their mouth and not knowing what it's about. So if you have learned any of the cute little phrases that herbalists have to help them identify things, because, you know, we all have a favorite mnemonic device or memory uh, triggering device that we like. One of the first things you'll lose, you'll learn in gathering and foraging is that uh, the queen has hairy legs when you're looking for Queen Anne's lace because the stem is hairy. It's one of the ways you can tell. Well, in this particular case, because the blossoms are pink on this plant, I would say dresses in pink with hairy legs might be cute too. I mean, because she does. This plant has hairy legs. This plant actually is a furry, hairy perennial. And it gets about two and a half feet tall. Well, yeah, it gets, it gets that high. And it has creeping rhizomes. Um, and you'll see this plant blossoming between July and October, depending on where you are, it's really pretty. And again, it's one of those plants that is used to induce sweating to get rid of a fever, but also it makes you spit. It, it just, it really does. But a lot of the uses that this plant used to have have been replaced by using peppermint plant. And again, they're both mints. So, you know, what are you going to do, right? I mean, we come in and out of fashion. Uh, just like bell bottoms or feathered hair, this plant comes in and out of style, but it never completely goes away for the ones that love it. So, you may or may not see this plant in a, a diehard herbalist garden, but it, it does still have its love um, among people who like the unusual or who are uh, medical plant practitioners. So uh, learn to recognize the different characteristics and you're good to go. One of the things you'll begin to notice as you go further along your journey with gathering plants and learning to be more in tune with nature and getting into cheese making or animal husbandry, whatever it is you're into, you'll start to develop this aura about you that just, it just makes people embrace the fact that you're becoming more in tune with the natural cycles of the earth. And it's almost like a, a healing or a natural aura. By the way, the song used for this episode is Colorless Aura by Kevin MacLeod on Incompetech. Yep, threw that right on in there. But no, seriously, you'll begin to develop this aura about you. And I mean, and of course, this is up to you whether or not you embrace what I'm saying, and I respect you either way. But another thing about that is you'll start to understand and sense that plants, too, have different auras around them. And you'll begin to recognize uh, some plants just feel a little bit more like they'll heal you than hurt you. But never go just by that. Always go by field guides or people who can help you identify it who've been doing this long enough. And make sure you bring that lovely phone app or that book out to be certain. 
And if you still can't identify it, leave it be. Take a picture or take a pinch if you feel safe. Remember, some plants will burn you if you touch them. So never touch with your bare hands if you're not positive that this plant won't hurt you. And um, maybe a gathering bag. An old Altoid mint can seems to do the trick in most cases. Uh, It keeps it from hurting you and it's easier to close and keep away from other things. And that way you can contact your local extension office or master gardener program and you'll be able to find out what it is. Now, if you love the movie Practical Magic, you knew eventually in this podcast we'd have to mention Practical Magic. If you love that movie, then you've probably heard that scene where one of the aunts tells Jilly that because of the bruising around her eye, mugwort would help take care of it and clear it up. And while that is true, it's not the only plant that can. Basil thyme, also, the leaves, can definitely use, uh, be used to clear those black and blue marks up, those bruises. And I've had a black eye or two, so I wish I would have had some around me. But keep this in mind, you know? A little pink flowered plant can take out black and blue bruises. I'm not sure how you'd make that into a rhyme, but I'm sure somebody here can figure it out. If you figure out a good uh, monomic device or let me know, or a rhyme, let me know. Now, here's some stuff you need to know that's very important. If you are pregnant, this is not the plant for you. That's right. Just like many plants that are wild and medicinal, this particular plant can cause the loss of a child. Also, something to keep in mind, that it does help bring on menstruation. So, if that's an issue, that would be something good to work with. And it has another medicinal quality. If you mix it with salt and honey, it's supposed to be good for intestinal worms. That's getting rid of them, not feeding them. And that's something that is really important, especially if you're eating wild foods or if you are in an area that may not have as much access to developed uh, vaccines and other things that are given to animals in industrial farming to try to avoid those. And I really, you know, I'm not a huge industrial farming person, but on this note, you always want to know what you're putting into your body as much as possible. That's one of the reasons why I believe in cooking things to proper temperature and doneness. Yes, I've had parasites. That's another story. So, yeah, this is something that I would definitely keep in my cabinet or in my garden cabinet, which is your herb garden, uh, to help fight that kind of thing. I believe we've come to the end of our short visit with this particular plant. I really enjoyed having you and I was able to avoid most of the mom jokes this time. I think I didn't make a single mom joke. I'm pretty, pretty impressed with myself. Purr. Oh, actually, if we're going to talk about purring, 
let's remember that this particular plant also can be dangerous to cats. So if you have cats, be careful because you don't want to have a catastrophe. Da da Yep, yep, yep. You couldn't get out of here without at least one mom joke. Gotcha. But seriously, I really enjoy sharing little known information with my friends and lots well-known information with my friends too. And we're friends, right? So if you haven't thought about looking for this particular plant, maybe consider it. Maybe consider bringing it into your medicinal herb garden. Just don't plant it next to the cat mint because it is not unusual for people to confuse one with the other and you don't want that to happen. I thank you so much for joining me for this episode and look forward to seeing you again here on My Magical Cottagecore Life.